see, Jason was my son, and today is his birthday. Scream 101 podcast. This is Shannon Chalakian. And I'm Brennan Klein. And today is a very special day. It's Friday the 13th. Dun dun dun. Yes, a very happy birthday to a Jason Voorhees. Should I be a nerd or should we move on? Be a nerd. Do His it. His birthday is June 13th, Shannon. Oh, this yes. This is a couple months ago. We missed it. Oh, yes. Anyway, um, because this is a special super duper holiday podcast. Both of us have actually seen this movie before. Usually our gimmick is that one of us hasn't. But this is the first and hopefully last time, but we were like, we got to do this. We don't got any friends. Let's make this happen. <laughs> we have plenty of friends. We just have lives too. Yeah, it's just it's been crazy busy. So we're like, let's just do it. All right, and here we are. <laughs> anyway, um, let's start with our 10-word reviews. All right, so I have uh, two 10-word reviews. Woo! I know. Oh, man, you're eating it up. I know. Although, to be fair, it's over these last two weeks, so it really is still one one a week. So the first one is Trick or Treat, which uh, was surprisingly good, actually kind of scary. Restores my Halloween spirit. Oh, I know. I actually have one for Trick or Treat, too, because we okay. watched that together on Halloween. Go ahead and do that. Fun Halloween treat. I'm going to dress my kids as Sam. Nice. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, second thing, I watched the first two seasons of Agents of Shield because oh man, I was kind of crazy. And we were on a podcast with uh, Robert Parigi, who's Ooh, the associate drop the mic producer, producer, producer. Um, and you can check out that podcast on the Now Streaming Podcast. Um, you can search Now Streaming Podcast on iTunes. It's also at nowstreamingpod dot com. We say some funny things. It's fun. Uh, speaking of the Now Streaming Podcast, um. First of all, I'd like to apologize for last week. We did not post our Final Girls episode as promised. If you follow us on our Facebook page, you would find out that we had some health issues going on. And we were like, we can't do this and Shannon has school. So we postponed that indefinitely through Hollywood Talk. It'll pop up at some point in yeah. the future. So yes, yeah, so if you don't follow us on Facebook, that's what happened Sorry, we skipped a week. We'll you try not to do that Facebook, again. You follow us on Facebook. You would find out when these things happen. That's true. But yeah, that's why my voice is all gravelly because like, we got sick. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that's what happened. In lieu of that, we posted a link to our appearance on the Now Streaming podcast, which you should definitely check out. It was a lot of fun. We were with Robert Parigi, producer of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Segue, segue, segue. What's your 10-word review? Okay, so my, my two seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, spy stuff makes me paranoid, but man, was it good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I know, me too. All right, and my other two 10-word reviews. One of them is for my other the other movie I watched on Halloween, thanks to Sergio being insane, um, Sleeping with the Enemy, the Julia Roberts thriller. As close as we'll get to a Julia Roberts slasher is my review. Um, I liked it. And then The Brain from Planet Arus. Giant alien brains and inexplicable misogyny. Hashtag oh the 50s. Nice. Thank you. It was a fun movie. It was just uh, something. I, I love movies that are something. Thank you. All right, let's uh, hop right, hop, skip, and jump into our discussion of Friday the 13th. As always, there will be spoilers in this discussion. I'm going to read you the plot. 
This is my my dying effort to not step on his toes during this part. Yeah, Shannon just stayed preternaturally quiet, and I was kind of scared. All right. Terror and suspense abound in this 24-hour nightmare of blood. Camp Crystal Lake has been shuttered for over 20 years due to several vicious and unsolved murders. The camp's new owner and several young counselors are readying the property for reopening despite warnings of a death curse by local residents. The curse proves true on Friday the 13th, as one by one, each of the counselors is stalked by a violent killer. This film is widely acclaimed for its horrifying and creative murder sequences. It's part of the plot, officially. That's what's going to get me to watch it. That's what got me to watch it. Right? And the thing that got me to watch it is actually named Brennan Klein. Yeah, I actually got you to watch it, I think, three times at this point. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry no let's uh let's start off on scariness what do you think of scariness i'm actually really excited to hear your analysis of this film thank you um so we rate our our scores uh, yeah. on a five point likert scale <laughs> uh scariness and screams campiness and perms gore and severed limbs and quality on unlucky stars so to start with scariness i rated it a two it's not really scary and i may have fallen asleep again just like a little bit during this film I know. He's like shaking his He won't even look at me right now. Um, well, I think that's why it counts as maybe you technically haven't seen this movie because I feel like you were asleep for 45% of it. Yeah, this time. The first time I watched all of it. Okay, good. I'm the first time I watched all of it. This time I slept a l- just like a tiny teensy bit. It was a long day. I had work. But it's not like super scary. I definitely, definitely is one of those movies where you should watch it with the lights off, you know? But it also like... The end sequence when uh, Mrs. Voorhees comes in is like, it's it's pretty classically scary in the sense that she looks so kind and like, she looks like Betty White, but also is going to kill you. Um, I bet Betty White could kill us. Oh, totally. Without a, without a second doubt, like she uh-huh. could totally kill us. So that's kind of why I rated it scary. It wasn't incredibly scary. I didn't feel connected to the characters. So I didn't feel sad when any of them died, except for one, but we'll talk about that later. Mm. So yeah, what did you rate it? I also rated it two out of five screams. It's it's a slasher movie. It's basically the prototypical slasher movie that started the boom in the 1980s. Yeah. Um, it's a ripoff of Halloween. It did not understand what made Halloween successful. Um, it was like, all right, we got some POV shots. We're going to kill some people. We'll make it bloodier. And like, I mean, I'm down for that, but it's not particularly scary. There are some good elements that I enjoy. Like there are some... I don't want to say well-constructed because Sean Cunningham is not a director's director. He is a my-wallet-is-empty director. (laughs) But there are a couple parts where I'm like, all right, that shot's okay. Like when they discover the bloody axe on the pillow, I'm like, that's kind of a pretty shot. Or when Alice is searching for Bill and she doesn't find him and then she closes the door behind her and he's pinned to the back of the door. Like that's kind of a cool scene. It's not particularly scary. But I rated it two out of five because of the end cap. When Jason bursts out of the lake. Oh, yeah. That is so scary. Yeah, that's one of the scariest first time watching scenes ever. Like, if you haven't seen Friday the 13th, first of all, unlisten to everything that happened. We already told you there were spoilers, so get out. Um, but because the, the threat is over. It's, and it's some of the most beautiful cinematography of the, the entire film. That's true. They busted all out. Uh, they busted out all of their talent just for that for, one shot. Yeah, 
I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they like had that one shot and then built the movie around it because Maybe. it was just like her on the lake. The lake is crystal clear, uh. Uh, crystal clear on Camp Crystal Lake, and she's just sitting there, kind of like touching the water. Like you could tell, she's like racking her brain and like in shock of what had just happened. And then, as you as you've kind of relaxed because you've just come down from the climax, like as you, as you relax. While you're in your refractory period, um, <laughs> baby zombie Jason bursts out of the lake and drags Alice under the water, which is crazy because this movie has, it's, I'm not going to say steeped in realism because who plays strip monopoly, but right, um, it has no hint of anything supernatural whatsoever in it. So when that thing happens, it completely changes your perception of the film and it's, kind of silly but it's really scary in the moment i i think that there is some sort of supernatural because i feel like you're almost led to believe that jason is the killer like initially or if you had seen anything about the series no you know that that's the interesting thing about friday the 13th is that it has a retroactive twist ending right because people know jason because they're like friday the 13th jason because he's the icon from that franchise from the series, yeah but you don't know jason exists until Mrs. Voorhees shows up. So right. if you were watching this in 1980, you wouldn't be like, oh, Jason's the killer because you have no idea who Jason is. That's right. And that's what's really interesting because I was recently, don't ask why, but I <laughs> uh, uh, probably about a year and a half ago, I was watching this movie with like a whole bunch of 13-year-olds. And don't ask Shannon. Okay. I can see it in your yep. eyes. Keep going. It's fine. But they were like, Oh my God, that was a great kill that Jason did. Oh my God, I wonder what Jason's going to do next. And I'm like, I'm so excited for you to watch the ending of this movie. And what did they think? It tripped them out. Good. I mean, Friday the 13th, I'm actually surprised it held their attention for so long. Yeah. Besides the gore sequences, because uh, my friend Hunter put it best. It kind of has a like a weird Italian neorealist feel where it's kind of just like, people are living their lives, not really doing anything. Yeah, it does. Um... Yeah, so they stuck through the whole thing, and when Mrs. Voorhees showed up, they totally, like, com implicitly trusted her because they had no idea who she was. And I was like, this is great. And then when she was like, look what you did to him, and she pulls out the knife, it flipped them the hell out. They're like, what is happening? <laughs> Where is my Jason? Mm -hmm. There's no hockey masks in this. And I feel like that, that only worked, like, introducing her character, like, so suddenly at the end only worked because there had been other characters who just like came in and out you know like the police officer who just like shows up on his bike yeah. and then leaves like that's that one time shot um so when she comes in it's kind of like the police coming in where it's like you don't have to be invested in her character but you're, yeah. you're you initially trust her whereas if we didn't have anyone just randomly show up and then she shows up you'd be like um yeah like, it's, we're at the end of the movie what are you doing yeah it's still a little weird but if you think it's jason that's a crazy twist um, absolutely just like texas chainsaw kind of had a retroactive twist for you because you were like leatherface is the guy and then when he has 800 family members you're like what's happening yeah right same same yeah anyway so that's i think that's enough for scariness yeah we uh i like this movie <laughs> maybe inexplicably but i will keep talking he until likes you it stop a, lot. Me. a lot we uh we we mentioned on an earlier podcast how no matter the gender of his child he's going to name his child jason oh totally so my only son, Jason. Yeah, that that seems like a bad omen for a child, <laughs> Brennan. You let him drown. You weren't <laughs> paying any attention. Just don't let him ever go to camp. 
Speaking of camp, we are on to our campiness score. Yeah, our camp crystal lakiness. Oh, boy. So what did you rate campiness? I rated it four out of five perms. Okay. Because this movie is so... Well, it's right when... It's right on the cusp of the 80s because right. it came out in May 1980. So it was filmed in like late 79. Okay. But it was right when the 80s were just happening, like on the cusp of exploding into full perminess. Okay. There's so much insane fashion in this movie. Every single boy is wearing the shortest cutoffs Daisy Dukes in the entire world. Oh, there are two separate scenes where women are wearing only panties and a raincoat. Yes. In the middle of a raging storm. <laughs> Which is pretty great. And what else is going on? I have so many notes. I, I have to like decipher all my serial killer notes. Okay. And yeah, basically, I guess there's a lot of campiness just within the film. Like there's a banjo theme that accompanies Kevin Bacon's first appearance in the car. Um, thank you, Harry Manfredini. I actually really like your score, even though it's just Psycho and Jaws. Like when, when Annie's in the car, um, she's hitchhiking and the killer's driving her around. And she realizes like, wasn't that a turn for Camp Crystal Lake back there? And then the killer keeps just driving and she's like, uh-oh. And the music goes, dun-dun, dun-dun. I'm like, is there a shark driving the car? <laughs> Yes. Um, but anyway, I'm almost done. It's no, all clothes. Um, when we first meet Steve Christie, who's the guy rebuilding the camp, he's wearing a red kerchief, Daisy Dukes, and no shirt. And he's just swinging an axe, and he has this big porn stash. And the 80s were a very special time for me. And I was not alive, and I'm actually kind of probably grateful. But they happened. Betsy Palmer, in the end, she has that huge um, bulky sweater on. And I called her in my notes the cable knit hand of justice. <laughs> <laughs> and she performs like she's in a silent movie. She's like, oh, they should never have opened this camp again. She's too pretty to die. And she's like putting her fist onto her forehead and like practically falling over her fainting couch. Which somehow works, you know, like. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I feel uh, I feel like her overacting worked really well with the idea that she can like hear her son's voice and is kind of schizophrenic and like yeah, you're like you are insane. And yeah. also in that part, she was her character was technically acting because she was pretending not to know what was going on at the camp. What? No, because Mrs. Voorhees shows up and she was like, "Oh no, what what could have possibly murdered all these oh, people? Yeah, it totally yeah. wasn't me." Yeah, that's right. That's hilarious. Um. Sorry, what's your score? Campiness. So I I rated it a three on, out of five on campiness. Um, actually, for for a couple of reasons, uh, there are a lot of things that are going on in the eighties that wouldn't go on now. Like for example, <laughs> they kill a snake on screen. Yeah. Like, they machete chop its head off, which you wouldn't do in a film nowadays. At least an American film nowadays. Yeah, I feel like this film started PETA. <laughs> Uh, but it was only one snake. But uh, you have this character, who I'm going to call Dan Marino, who... Um, Bill? No, uh, the fool. Oh, Ned. Ned. Okay. I call him Dan Marino because he's always wearing this, like, uh, uh, dolphin's jersey. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know who Dan Marino was. I know. I, that's okay. Okay. Um, he's a... He's. <laughs> I'm a he's horror a movie guy, Shannon. I know. I'm he, not a shark guy. He's a dolphin guy? guy? I'm not a dolphin guy. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, um, he constantly is, like, showing up and making, like, I don't know if he's wearing, like, a, like, he made a voice. I don't know who that was. 
I think he, I think he was trying to be Frank Sinatra or like Humphrey Bogart. Like you look beautiful when you're angry. Yeah, saying something, and then he um, goes out with like a full headdress, like an Indian <laughs> yeah. headdress, and I'm like, oh, that would not fly, unless it was Kylie Jenner. Um, I feel like that also didn't fly. Yeah, it didn't. Um, so he's doing all these funny things, and then everyone else is is doing their own '80s thing, um, and I just think that you have to add to the campiness score because this was the 1980 camp movie, <laughs> you know? So I rated it three out of five just because the eighties. Yeah. It was, it was the, uh, it was the renaissance of the eighties. Well, not re- never mind. It was the naissance. It was the birth. Yeah, indeed. And for gore, uh, what's your gore score? So my gore score is three out of five severed limbs. It's a really high three. Because they have some really amazing shots. You know what? I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. Cause, nice. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 because this was 1980. Um, and the stuff that they did were pre- was pretty like on the cusp. Um, I mean, it was in the plot as having some of the best yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> um, scenes ever. But I had a really hard time deciding what my favorite kill was, which we're going to get into later, just because of these like effects, you know? Mm. You have Annie being killed where... You, you actually see the motion of, like, them slicing slicing the neck. But then you see the blood come out of the neck, like, in an uh, adequate amount of time later. And that was really good. And it didn't look like you added anything. It looked completely natural. Um, you have, of course, the classic Kevin Bacon scene with, oh, the, with the, the arrow, through the, the arrow the through the back of the neck. And the arrow is, like, especially long. E. Like, that is not a shooting arrow. Um, Maybe they just have really thin bunks. They skimped on their bunk budget. Yeah. I, I meant the arrowhead is, like, big oh yeah um you've got a great uh um axe to the face mm-hmm. um which it it does the only thing it doesn't really make sense to me that they took the axe out of the face to put it on the bunk because i feel like it was it was pretty deep in there you know mrs Voorhees is re- she has a lot of muscles under that chunky midnight blue sweater yeah but the, periwinkle is periwinkle <laughs> i apologize um but rest the, in peace betsy palmer but the kill Sorry. that i forgot about um, was her kill like oh, her being her decapitation, end, which is pretty incredible. So the gore, like, and all those effects looked real, and they um had a real impact. They were they were very fast. Like a lot of this, like even the Kevin Bacon Kevin Bacon shot is like really long, but it it cuts like as he's getting killed, like in the process of him being killed, and it just cuts to his girlfriend like la di da, like uh-huh. running through the, which is good. That's a Popping good a squat. Yeah, that's a good editing cut because uh, it adds the urgency to the deck scene. But it was, uh, yeah, gore, four to five. Sorry, that's what I'm going to say. Go. Absolutely. My gore score is three out of five because I have seen more now. Right. But because they're actually, the gore scenes are kind of few and far between in this movie, but they're all really impactful. Yeah. Um, This movie is what started the slasher movie. I mean, Halloween cemented the tropes. Texas Chainsaw and Black Christmas and Psycho kind of like were stirring the pot. But Friday the 13th is where everything came together. They hired Tom Savini, who is the maestro of gore. He did Dawn of the Dead before this, and that's why he got hired for this film. Right. And he is the guy for slasher gore. He is a genius. Um, his effects are so good, and they still hold up today. Don't buy the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is too high def, and you can see a little bit like, oh, the neck's not the same color. But if you watch it on DVD or VHS... It looks completely believable. Yeah. Or the way it was originally supposed to be on film. Right. Which, whatever. I don't care. I'm trying not to be a film nerd. But um, 
This is one of the few cases where it's like, please don't buy the Blu-ray of this because watching it in high def kind of ruins some of it. Yeah. But most of it super holds up. It's a lot of fun. It's great. He knows he, he knows what he's doing. He was a, this is kind of a sad backstory, but he was a Vietnam War photographer. So he had to take photos of a whole bunch of wounds and really disgusting deaths. And the way that he got through it was he was like, he had to pretend it was fake. He'd be like, how could I create this? And that he that's how he like psychologically survived the Vietnam War. And so then afterwards he was like, well, I have all these ideas. Wow, that's I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And this is this is Tom Savini's film. It's not Sean Cunningham's film. It's not yeah. Adrian King's film. It's not Betsy Palmer's film as much as she tries to make it her film. Right. Um, without him, this movie would not have been the success that it was. It would not have spawned eleven more films in the franchise, and it the slasher genre would not exist without this film. Yeah. It's not necessarily a terrific film, but Tom Savini changed the game with Friday the 13th. Tom Savini, father of the slasher. Thank you so much. So we're on to quality. What uh, what would you rate quality, Brennan? Okay. I'm an insane person. Even I feel bad about giving it this score, but I'm going to give it four out of five. Okay. Not five out of five. I think that's what you might have been expecting. But I know it's not a great movie, but I love the deaths. I have so much fun watching this. It's like the stereotypical slasher movie. And when I was first getting into the genre, I was so excited to finally be seeing like where the tropes from Scream came from and all that stuff, including some tropes that people don't point out. Like the fact that when people are scared, like when they're in the bathroom and their rain slicker in their panties, like you do. Right, of course. Um, they call out the person's name that they're expecting is playing a prank on them. Oh, yeah. And then when they get scared and they get confused, they call out a second name. It always happens. Watch for it. But they're like, Jack. Jack? Ned? (laughs) And then they get killed. Always. Every single time. And I don't know whether this is just me convincing myself that this is a good movie, but there are some parts where I'm like, that's kind of artistic. Like when uh, Marcy is being killed in the bathroom, she thinks she hears someone watching her. She opens a curtain. She's like, oh, there's nothing there. It must be my imagination. And then the shadow of an axe rises out from behind her head. And I'm like, her imagination created this shadow. <laughs> it's real good. It's like uh, no, Alfred the, Hitchcock. Yeah, the axe shadow is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like that the first two kills are not gory at all. Because you're not a, because it kind of harkens back to Halloween. Because you're like, you see someone get stabbed in the gut, but there's no blood really. And you're like, all right, this is what I'm used to. I'm ready. And then when Annie's death comes in, you're like... No. And it just totally leaves you unprepared for the amount of visceral impact that the kills have. And obviously, yeah, is genius. Yeah, totally. That's Harry Manfredini's claim to fame. I, like I said, I like his score, but it's very derivative. But that one original element is utterly perfect. And yeah. I love it. I mean, but, and I, I guess I, I didn't realize out front what the um, effect, like the Halloween effect was. Like, um, that Friday the Thirteenth took so much from Halloween, but yeah. it's got those same like sound cues that Halloween was famous for as well. Like the like right when something was about to happen, you hear the those notes from Halloween um, come on, and it's like it's a confirmation that something bad is going to happen. Yeah, and like the same thing happens in in uh, Friday, which I like 
So you're going to hate me for this, but I rated mine a three out of five for quality. That's fine. I did not yeah. expect anything more. than I actually expected less. So I'm very happy you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, out of the original trifecta, because we don't include Texas Chainsaw. It's a different time. It's a different time. Yeah. But out of the original trifecta that, that you exposed me to before we watched any other horror films, because when we found that, well, when it was exposed to me that my new best friend was a horror fanatic. Um, Surprise. I know. Uh, Shamalan twist. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, let's, you know, we're going to watch. Let's, let's do it. And you were like, well, you have to watch these. These are the foundation. And uh, out of the three, I love Halloween. Everyone knows that now love halloween and <laughs> i thoroughly enjoy uh a nightmare but i think friday is like my least favorite of the three i understand <laughs> completely I yeah don't, it's it's the worst of the three it is it's not my least favorite right but it's, i know which is good i like that because like you know i like halloween for weird reasons and i like that you like friday the 13th for weird reasons um, it's, it's a historical thing more than it yeah. is a this film is brilliant thing totally but with that being said as we've as i've discussed before like a three marks that i would watch it again and i definitely would watch it again and you have and i have <laughs> and and it's funny that my score is so low given how amazing the gore is because gore is like what makes my my scores rise but um other than that like i don't really care about the characters i don't really care about the story if we rated it just on the last 15 minutes of the film i would give it a five out of five like totally without a doubt but everything else is kind of slow and uh there's a lot of like holes in the plot as to like what why are these there's kids doing here <laughs> that's ain't that the truth okay so anyway three out of five unlucky stars for me great i appreciate that Yay. thank you all right so let's move on to champion dialogue uh shannon what's your favorite line of dialogue from this film okay so there was actually some like pretty pretty great lines there's, there's some funny lines in this movie yeah it was really good which i like it was kind of like it's kind of breakfast clubby like i feel like like it was a very natural get some kids together and this is these are the things that they would say oh totally um, i'm not sure there was a script yeah which is really it's really hard to get that feel so i'm like really impressed with that point but i think there was this line reading where there was a snake in the room and so they all like run into the room and this dialogue goes on as like they're all in hysterics and i think it's hilarious jesus what are you doing with a snake in here why are we in here that's a really fun line i know and it's that so was, that was one of my alternates for champion dialogue. oh good yeah i and i had like three you know which is really like three different lines so so um i'm glad that like there was so many because usually it's like you really have to like really listen to the dialogue to pick one that's kind of funny but this one is easy to find stuff fan fantastic and here is my favorite line um there's a cop that shows up yes. looking for crazy ralph who is the harbinger as we learned from cabin in the woods he's like you're all doomed you're doomed if you stay here and, uh, w what did he say he was like i'm a messenger of god yeah yeah so crazy ralph is the weirdest character he rides his bike with perfect posture but there's an officer a police officer named officer dorf which i know and i'm sorry but he shows up looking for Crazy Ralph, and he sees uh, Ned in his Tonto costume. Like, he's dressed in, like, his his dolphin's jersey is wrapped around him like a diaper. And he's got this big Native American headdress on. He's like, oh, 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 
and he's just messing around and he turns around and he sees the cop and he's like oh crap and then the cops the cop is the most paranoid cop in the world and i guess i would assume that he's on drugs just watching what he's doing and seeing how he acts out the entire film but this is what the cop says hey nice bike she been smoking boy smoking don't smoke Causes cancer. You know what I mean. Would you just get off a spaceship or something? Colombian gold, man. Grass, hash, the weed. Dig it? I just love, like, that list of things. And just the cops seem so... He's trying to be so hip. He's like, the weed. Dig it? <laughs> right? It's like he only, he learned about drugs from those 50s PSAs or something. He's like, right. uh, like, reefer madness. Or, like, the weed will eat out your brain and turn you into a zombie. And I was like, this is hilarious. And Colombian gold, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love it. And it's especially funny because, like, these kids haven't... Like, you haven't seen them smoke. Like, it hasn't happened. They're just, like, having a good time. And this cop is, like, acting that way. Oh, yeah. But they... then later, they're playing strip Monopoly. Which, again, worst idea. Don't play Monopoly to begin with, but don't play Monopoly when your clothes are on the line. Like, don't go up against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, if if I had to play Monopoly, I would prefer a shirtless Bill to be there. So I guess that's fine. Oh, it's all right. In his red suspenders. Right? No, so, but but later, as they're, like, setting up Monopoly, um, uh... One of the girls, like, or Alice actually, like, turns to, to Bill and is like, hey, go see if Ned's grass is still around. Will you let me be a nerd again? Yes, please. It's Brenda says, let's see if Marcy left any of that grass. And then Alice says, I'm not passing go without a glow. Oh, my God. Did she really yeah. say that? Oh, good God. See, doesn't that make your line of dialogue like that much better? It does. Because, I mean, the cop was right. I just I wish he was like let's see if Marcy left any of that Colombian gold man dig it right seriously like using the term grass for weed is so antiquated anyway I know you know so I thought that what he was saying was ridiculous but he was actually using correct lingo probably for the time period I guess Maybe. I mean yeah but he just that massive laundry list is just so hilarious yeah, seriously he's so hip I know so hip <laughs> dig it <laughs> dig I'm it. done I'm done I'm done Okay, um, Shannon, what was your favorite character in this you movie? Dig. Uh, okay, I, so, uh, <laughs> there's not, there's like one and a half characters in this movie. Everyone else is just made of tissue paper. But what's your favorite? My favorite character is Bill. Oh, because he is a gem of a human being. Literally has no character flaws. Like is only around to help and to play amazing Spanish guitar. Oh my God, his guitar playing is perfect. It's beautiful. Like it's like in a musical where um, you're watching all the people auditioning for the musical and they're like i can't believe everyone's singing really awfully and then anna kendrick shows up and then suddenly you hear like the studio quality sound atmosphere kick in yeah everyone else was like just like using like the cd but then they they come up to audition and all of a sudden there's a piano player that shows up yeah or well and like their voice is clearly recorded somewhere else and they're lip syncing and everyone else is doing just the in-camera yeah uh, microphone stuff yeah but his guitar playing is like that it's too perfect it's it's gorgeous yeah and then they're like oh wow bill like that was good and i'm like no it's perfect it's perfect um but there's that you also when you're introduced to him he literally is only wearing like white pants and uh, and red suspenders and he's got Mm -hmm. this like nice chiseled body um which and and again like they're just like hey bill can you help me with this and he's like sure and i'll like go over and yeah. help you and then and he's he's like 70s chiseled too like he's not unattainable chiseled right he's, just he's cute. like yeah he's like 
normal person who is active in the woods kind of chiseled. But yeah, he's adorable and he's a great help. And why Mrs. Voorhees had to kill him, I have no idea because... He wasn't paying any attention. (laughs) Literally wasn't doing anything. But yeah, that's why he's my favorite character because he does nothing wrong. He's a wonderful cinnamon bun. So Nice. Yeah. And my favorite character does a lot wrong, but I still like her. Um, her name is Alice. She's the main character of the movie. Hello. Um, she has the... Did you ever watch Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide? Yes. She has coconut hair. Yeah, like coconut her, head. Her hair is like the coconut guy. Yeah. Alice is great. She hates Monopoly, so I'm immediately on her side because Monopoly is the single worst game ever created. Um, when Bill's like, I'm going to go check out that noise or whatever. She's like, let me come with you. I'm like, you're a genius, Alice. <laughs> and then when the door's locked, she just smashes open the window with a plank. Yeah, that was so good. Like her survival mode kicks in. And again, Halloween, you know, Halloween uh-huh. influence. But, um, I always love, love a final girl with some good survival instri- instincts. Oh yeah. She's hardcore. Yeah. But then, I mean, by the end, she just keeps failing to double tap, but she does get the better of Mrs. Voorhees. Several dozen times. Yeah. I wish that I wish that finale were a little shorter, probably, because there's just so it's it gets kind of repetitive. Where it's like Mrs. Voorhees chases Alice to this. Alice hits her once and runs away. And it's like Alice flings a paperclip on a rubber band at her, thinking she's dead. <laughs> she's not. And so it gets a little strange. But I really like her character. Yeah, I definitely I love I love that they made it so long because Mrs. Voorhees is, is a gem in that in that sequence. Okay, yeah. So like. The more time that we have to have Mrs. Voorhees say something ridiculous and act weird. Okay, I agree. Yeah. I love this one line reading where Jason's like, um, help me, mommy. And she's like, I am Jason. But it just sounds like, I am Jason. I'm like, twist ending. <laughs> yeah. No, I love, I love the killer, mommy. Killer. <laughs> killer. Killer. <sighs> and that's it's that's a classic line reading. Like It's, it, it's, it's incredible. It's so good. And why that's not one of our favorite lines is... Um, I think we want to do something different because that's it's a classic. Yeah, exactly. Um, I also wanted to say that I love that Alice is your favorite character. What was going on with her and the camp counselor? Yeah, she the was like leader? ambiguously banging Steve Christie, maybe. Yeah. Because they're having this conversation. She drew a sketch of him. He's like, or he's like, oh, you can draw really well. And then he like turns to a page where it's him. And he's like, when did you draw this? And oh, she yeah. Goes, Last night. And he goes, do I really look like this? And she goes, you, you did, did last, last night. night. <laughs> and it was weird. Like, it was either her being sarcastic or like they're banging. And I, I feel th- like they're banging. I think they were banging. And then he really tenderly like caresses her weird ear <laughs> feather hair. of hair. And then they never interact ever again. Yeah, because he just like disappears. And she obviously doesn't care about him. I think she knows that he's like an imbecile and like can't do anything. Yeah, I mean, she wants to leave the camp. She doesn't want to stay. I don't know. She still does a good job. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Ambiguously aged. I don't know. It's, going, it's the 80s. Who knows? Something's happening. Something's happening. Um, so, uh, what was your favorite scene? Favorite scene. Okay, so the last 15 minutes of the film, the Mrs. Ah. Voorhees attack scene. You've got all the classic, like, killer, mommy, killer. And also just her introduction, like, her, the introduction of her as a character is amazing because she talks like she talks like a movie in the early 60s she talks like mm-hmm. um like mr smith goes to washington you know very like hello i'm mrs Voorhees. like i'll help you i'm an old friend of the christies yeah exactly like things like that and she talks so she's so poised and composed and you just feel like she could take on the world and she <laughs> does with an axe and it's just oh it's crazy um but she talks like that uh 
and then she goes crazy so the juxtaposition of those two attributes like when you're introduced to her as this amazing like beautiful human being and then she ends up being a psycho killer is really cool and then alice um again her survival mode was really good kicked in and then they fight each other and then alice decapitates her with a single oh, yeah. blow that's great yeah. All right. Or uh, my favorite scene? Yes. What yeah. was your favorite scene? Uh, my favorite scene, it's totally inconsequential. It's when Steve Christie is at the diner just doing nothing while his counselors are getting murdered. He's flirting with this waitress lady named Sandy, who's just one of the most unappealing people I've ever met just because of her clothes. Yeah. Like she's got those 70s giant like stop sign octagon glasses. She's got a perm. And she's dressed in like a smock. She's dressed up to look like that generic diner lady who is just like right a troll and i'm like but she's so nice yes yeah, so nice and then steve christie dresses up in this enormous puffy yellow slicker that basically turns him into a mummy like his he can't even like fold his arms properly because it's so big and puffy and i, I think that was supposed to be a comedic moment because like he was off screen for just that half second yeah and it it's, comes it's, back it's a it's a visual reveal and i just feel like if he fell over he wouldn't be able to get back up yeah, probably true. It's like a full body slicker. That's and a great scene. That just amused me. It has nothing to do with anything, but I liked it. All right, and it's time to travel to a land that we have not visited in quite some time. Indeed. The Splatter Dome. Splatter. Oh, aren't you glad the slushes are back, Shannon? Oh, so glad. So relieved. <laughs> All right, and now a moment of silence for those who have departed us. Barry is stabbed in the stomach. Claudette is killed off-screen. Annie's way-too-happy throat is slit. Ned's throat is slit off-screen. Jack gets an arrow through the back of his neck. Marcy is axed in the face. Brenda is killed somehow off-screen. Steve Christie is stabbed in the stomach. Handsome Bill gets his throat slit and is pinned to the door with arrows. That's excessive. Mrs. Voorhees did not like his suspenders. Mrs. Voorhees is decapitated with a machete. Yay! Yay, that's okay. it. Um, so, Shannon, what was your best kill out of those that we just read? Like I said earlier, it was kind of a toss-up between Annie, because her, like, that's probably, like, the best throat-slitting scene I'd ever seen, or Mrs. Voorhees getting her head literally, like, chopped off. That's a great effect. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, because it, it, it looks very real. Like, mm -hmm. even though you know there's some dummy play, it looks really real. Yeah, so. and there's that really cool effect where her hands are still grasping. Yeah. after she dies yeah and she's just like there and it goes all slow motion which they did for um the marcy chase scene too oh yeah, yeah where like she's running full speed and then all of a sudden the sound stays the same but she goes slower and for a minute you're like you know did i change the fps on this <laughs> oh, God. um but she just goes slower and then she gets killed and the same thing happened with the de decapitation where the decapitation itself happens at the uh, at one speed and then the minute the head like pops off, it slows down. <laughs> yeah. So you watch the head like fly through the sky, which is also a reason why it looks so real. Because like as it's flying through the sky, it's still her face. Yeah, that cast, that mold that they did of her face yeah. is more or less perfect. Yeah, I don't know how they did it. It's crazy. Um, but she's flying because you the get sky. to see it in slow motion before it gets knocked off too, and it looks like her. Yeah, exactly. So you're like, um, what? You know, um, and then her her hand comes up and is like grasping like it's like you will rue the day that you shot my head off. Um, also, fun fact, those hands have really hairy knuckles because it's one of the effects guys oh, doing the hands. Right. <laughs> Mrs. Voorhees. Um, but yeah, like like the hand just kind of goes into this claw and then it 
descends and then she falls over and Alice is like, well, I don't know. I just did, but okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's my favorite kill. That's a good one. Yeah. And my favorite kill is Kevin Bacon's kill. Oh, His yes. character's named Jack. But I mean, first of all, that effect is the best in the movie. Yeah. With um, the arrow protruding through the back of his neck and the blood's like squirting up. Yeah. But I also just love this scene that leads up to it. It's probably the best directed scene <laughs> in the entire movie. <laughs> what? No, sorry. I'm just, I was thinking about Kevin Bacon's ass cheeks. Oh, yeah. That's not the scene I was talking about. <laughs> okay. But there is a prolonged shot of his ass being squeezed. Um, but no, while him and Marcy are banging, the corpse of their friend Ned is right above them on the right. top bunk and his throat has been slit. Right. And so while Kevin Bacon is enjoying his post-coital magazine slash cigarette, right. um, blood drips down onto his forehead and you're like, ooh, spooky. So first of all, it draws attention to his forehead and it draws your focus and your expectations up because you think he's going to discover the body of his friend. Right. But then from beneath him, a hand grabs his forehead and then he gets it. Right. And that's just the coolest reversal I think I've ever seen in a slasher movie. It was yeah. really, it's fun. I love that kill. I would hate to have tried to kill him because, like, knowing me, I would have grabbed his forehead and then, like, stuck the arrow through and, like, missed him completely. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's over his left shoulder. And you have, like, oh, shit, I have to try again. And, like, it, now it's, like, like behind his right ear. And you're, like, oh, i got to try it again. But she gets it, like, right on, like, right dead center. Like, oh, yeah. Perfect. And, okay, so out of all those people who died, who would you resurrect? I, I would resurrect Dan Marino. Yeah. Because we don't actually get to see him ki- like be killed. We just don't see him for a while, and then he ends up on, on the top bunk. So, Ned. Yeah. We don't actually see him get killed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, And he's the only one who has any substance, because like, we know things about him. Like, Jack and Marcy, oh, they're a couple. And Bill, he's just like the gem of the human being. And Brenda <laughs> looks like Kobe Smulders. And Alice, you know, has this weird thing with the camp counselor. And but, her hairstylist. Right. And her, and her hairstylist hates her. Um, But Ned, from the beginning, you're like, okay, so Ned's single. He's the third wheel. Um, you know, he wants a woman. There's a really good scene where he's watching Jack and Marcy like dancing around on a log and he's just from afar, like on the dock, just kind of sad. Yeah, I felt exactly. For him. Exactly. And then you could see him like going after Brenda and he's got a really good shot with an arrow. <laughs> um, and, and he's, he's got some jokes. He's, he's obviously very funny. Like he's got all these really cool character quirks of him. And then he just like, you don't even get to see him killed. That is disappointing. Which, I actually kind of like, like in a in a small sense, I kind of like because uh-huh. it adds you don't know to the what shock. To him. Yeah, it adds to the shock factor of like, what he's dead. Like we didn't get to see that. Like I didn't know that happened. You know, but yeah, I would definitely re- resurrect him because he's just fun. You know, he added to the fun factor. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, he's like the charming version of Shelley from Part Three. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> and I would resurrect Mrs. Voorhees because I think that her motivations are strong she wants to protect other children from being murdered at this camp like her own son like she's altruistic i think in another life she could have gotten a job at osha like helping (laughs) people design ergonomic workplaces or something oh my god and i feel like i want to give her that second chance and uh who would you murder that survives this film which is not a lot of people i i would murder columbian gold uh... (laughs) grass hash the weed you dig it uh officer dorf Officer Dorf is an officer dork because <laughs> he just, uh, first of all, so suspecting of youths, you know, like these youths. Yeah, I, I, I dig it. Yeah, um, you dig. Also, he cannot drive a motorcycle because he's supposed to, like, drive down the hill and pull around and drive back up. And he's just wobbling. Like, he has to stick his leg out yeah. and even out his balance. Yeah, that's the, the, he lied on his resume. Like, I could, I could yeah. ride a motorcycle. Nope. And I would murder Crazy Ralph. 
because he is not helpful or specific. Like, if I was warning people, I'd be like, someone's here to kill you. Get out. Not like, it's got a death curse. <laughs> I just like, people in horror movies need to have receipts. They need to have details. They need to say, this is what's going to happen. Get out. Otherwise, no one's going to do it. Yeah, but no one's going to do it anyway. Well, yeah, but at least they'll have an opportunity. That's true. <laughs> because they just think he's crazy and drunk, which he is, but he's also right. And married. He's a married man. Apparently. I want to meet his wife. I want to know what yeah, she's like. Yeah, I really, yeah. Mrs. Voorhees. What if it is? Twist ending. It could be. It could be. Yeah. Probably we don't not. know about Mr. Voorhees. Mr. Voorhees is Ralph. She just kept her maiden name. All right. I understand. I Wait, guess. does Ralph has, have a last name? Oh, no. Ralph Voorhees. Okay, well. Okay, anyway. I mean, Jason's father's name is Elias, according to the novelization of part six, so. Okay, nerd. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, let's move on to the games. All right. I am so afraid. All right, because I was super excited that we're doing a slasher movie again, I invented a new game for us. Are you ready? Oh, sure. Are you excited? Are you yes. excited? Are you pumped? Totally. It's called Famous Last Words. Um, it. I'm going to give you a quote. And it's going to be the last thing that a character said before they died. Okay. And you have to guess what character it is. All right. Um, and I also subtracted sundry words like no, stop, or hello, or like, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay. So it's like the last full line they say before they die. Okay. Okay. Let's get started. <gasps> Number one. All right, come on out. It's not funny anymore. Okay. That could be Marcy or Brenda. Um... <laughs> Anyone in the slasher movie. Right. I started with some hard ones. Obviously so. I'm going to say it's Brenda. You're right. It yeah. is Brenda. Yeah. Point for Shannon. Point for Shannon. Okay. Number two. Please stop. Please stop. I'm going to think that's Marcy. Actually, that's Annie because she's talking about the car. Oh, Annie. I totally forgot. She's not even part of the cast. Yeah. Okay. She's there. They just never meet. I'm bummed yeah. they never meet. She's a good cook, apparently. Yeah, I'm just intrigued as to what her personality would have done to the rest oh of the group. Oh my god, I'm glad she died first yeah. because she was so obnoxious. She like takes off all her all of her pack to talk to a dog and puts her pack back on. Yeah, she's so buoyant and happy. I actually I met the actress who plays her in real life, Robbie Morgan. Yeah, she's exactly like that. Oh my god, like it's more charming in real life. In That's the movie, wonderful. it's really annoying. But when I met her, I was like, oh my god, I totally understand now. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, number three. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing around. Oh, that was uh, the guy from the first scene. Yes, his name is Barry. Barry. Does this Marianne kiss as good as I do? How would I know? <gasps> oh, you. Literally talking about cheating, I don't understand. Well, they were like, let's get it on. But also, have you cheated on me? It's it's I just campfire circles get him hot. <laughs> uh, um, all right, like number four. Roasted marshmallow. Yeah. Number, number four. four. Must be my is it Chris? No, that that's Marcy. Oh, okay, when that's Marcy. Oh, that's right. We sort of talked about it earlier. That's right. Uh, number five. Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? Oh, yeah. No, that's that's Christy. That's yeah, Steve Christy. Christy. Steve Christy. Chris Christy. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, number six. I'll be right back. The classic. Right. And then they die. Um, Bill. That is Bill. Yes. All right. Number seven. Hello? Can I help you? Hello, it's me. <laughs> uh, Hello from the other side. <laughs> right? Okay, hint. After he dies, he does have a chance to say hello from the other side. That's a horrible hint. But okay, he's wait. a boy. Well, yeah, I got that. that. That helps. Okay, but we've already done Ned. We've already done Bill. We haven't done Ned. Oh, it is Ned. Yeah. Yay. 
That was a better hint. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, this one. Hurry back, okay? It's getting cold in here. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a uh, um, Kevin Bacon. Yeah, that's Kevin Bacon. Dig yeah. it. All right, you got six out of eight. That's good. Yay! Especially because some of the lines were kind of generic. I was just so happy to hear "I'll be right back." Yeah, it that's was, great. It just made me happy. That's good. All right, and another game we'll be doing. We're bringing back the divination, the divination game. In this game. I will tell you the future slash slightly previous careers of three actors or actresses in this film, and you have to guess who they are. Okay. And this is weird, because basically no one else had a career after this. Okay. Uh, after this movie. Well, except for one person. Yeah. But they go to some strange places that I'm excited to share with you. All right. This actress was a dancer in Saturday Night Fever. She did nothing for 20 years, and then she was in the butterfly room with Scream Queen Heather Langenkamp, who was Nightmare on the Street's Nancy. Right, yeah. right, yes. I know Heather Um, I'm going to say Marcy. No, that was Alice, Adrian King. Oh, okay, cool. The main character. She All was right. a... I have not seen Saturday Night Fever, but when I do, I'm going to be like, this is that movie that Alice was in. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, this next actor, he's he's a dude. Um, he starred in Cop Car, Jane Mansfield's Car, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I just loved all the cars. I don't know any of those movies, but those are like fairly prominent movies. So it, it could be Kevin Bacon, but it also could not be Kevin Bacon. Um... <laughs> you are correct in that it's one or the other. <laughs> Uh, is it Kevin Bacon? It is Kevin Bacon. Okay, cool. Congratulations. Yay. <laughs> All right. He conveniently, he conveniently picks movies that I, he knows I haven't seen. Well, yeah, because if I was like X-Men First Class yeah, or Footloose, like, you <laughs> would know. <laughs> Those are the two Psych, movies I know it's dead. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> anyway, um, this next actor played a principal on The Good Wife, and he played a character on Law & Order SVU called Mancuso, which is interesting because Frank Mancuso Jr. was the producer of like the entire Friday the 13th franchise. Huh. Is it Copman? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, it's Mark Nelson, who played Ned, a.k.a. Dan Marino, who oh, okay. is a person that I'm totally aware of. <laughs> we educate both of, both of each other. Yes. I learned about things that aren't a Friday the 13th. Yeah, you learned about sports. Yeah, woo! I know. So, um, that's the conclusion of our games. You did super well this round. I know. I'm, I'm actually super proud of myself. Don't have a prize for you. You should have been like, um, who died of pancreatic cancer? And I would have been like, that was Brenda, because I know that. Oh, yeah. That's sad. I know. Rest in peace. Anyway, what's your recommendation for people who agreed with you about this film? Which is actually closer to me than I thought. Haha. <laughs> okay, so originally I was going to recommend Camp. Which is not a horror movie, but is equally as scary because it's a <laughs> horrible movie. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend Madman, which is the second movie. Why? Why would you do that to our audience? Because it's hilarious. Okay. It's 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 there's some funny parts. Um, and TP like who doesn't want TP? Oh in no, their lives? I forgot about the hot tub scene. Watch the hot tub hot scene. Tub. Don't watch anything else. Just suggest the hot tub <laughs> Just scene. Just YouTube the hot tub scene. I don't know why we haven't posted that to our Facebook. Like, we should pin that to the top of our Facebook. Yeah, basically. That should so be our profile know. picture. <laughs> just the hot tub scene. Madman. Madman. I'm just going to ignore that. Hey, don't listen to her. Um, and my recommendation actually is also a movie I sort of like and also don't like. Um, it's The Prowler from 1981. Okay. It's directed by Joe Zito, who did Friday the 13th Part 4. Okay. Um, it's about this guy dressed up as this uh, like world war two army guy who's plowing through girls at a graduation dance. And it's, it's another film that has Tom Zavini. When effects. you say plowing through, do you mean killing or plowing? 
killing with a oh, bayonet. Okay. okay. Means different things. Keep going. Anyway. Um, it's another film that has Tom Savini effects. And it's, in my opinion, his best work. And in his opinion, too. Like, he has said, like, The Prowler is where I did genius things. I've never heard of that movie. It's not a great movie. Um, the first 45 minutes are incredible. Okay. Like, there's a whole bunch of really good tension sequences. But I'd say turn it off after that. Because there's parts where um, they're calling this guy on the phone who's like the secretary like the guy in charge of this fishing cabin where their boss is supposed to be and he was like hold on i'll check if he's there and then he just sets the phone down because he's lazy and he doesn't want to do anything and he's just sitting at his desk like playing solitaire and this is like a three minute scene like it is live action like it is as it's happening you're right there in it and it's so boring it's got a really boring third act but the effects are insane um, there's a part where um, this guy gets stabbed through the skull with a bayonet and like his jaw is working and his eye rolls back Whoa. and a girl gets killed in the shower with a pitchfork and like cool. they're incredible like to the point where I was uncomfortable watching them because they were so good. Add that to the list. Yeah. Okay. And anyway, on, on that to note. our clue based on our, oh, oh yeah. I, uh, based on the clue that I gave on our Facebook page next week, we are watching Nightbreed, the director's cut, which is on Netflix. So we can talk about it and you should watch it. Um, it's a very interesting film. And it's going to be a very, very interesting conversation because we have a very special guest who you can probably guess, but it happened. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a nice long episode. It's going to be fun. It's I'm really else. excited about that episode. Yeah. Here's a clue for our episode that we're going to be playing two weeks from now. Yes, and this is Matt's listener choice because he got seven killer karma points. Matt assures us that this film doesn't suck, even if its characters do. But don't get in a twister. We'll have a fun time. If you have a guess to that clue, if you have any uh, questions, comments, deep concerns about Nightbreed the Director's Cut, um, please share them with us on Facebook at Scream101Podcast, on Twitter at Scream101Pod, via email at scream101podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars for the amount of stars that I wanted to give Friday the 13th but didn't let myself. Excellent. And credits, uh, Scream 101 Podcast is made by myself, Shannon Shalakian, and Brennan Klein. And Hooray! That's, that's it. We love us. <laughs> Who is playing us out? And we'll be playing you out with Sail Away, Tiny Sparrow by Harry Manfredini, the song that plays in the diner during the scene where Steve Christie dresses up like a yellow marshmallow. You didn't do the banjo song?
Okay. Bye. Bye.